Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Today is another, another wonderful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know about you, but like I always say, I am so glad that I'm alive living in it. Our Father is the glory. He's the lifter of our head. He is our rock and our refuge. And because our God is a God of purpose, the good news is that God woke us up on purpose, for a purpose, because he still has a good plan and purpose for our lives. Hey, welcome welcome to my podcast, Dr. Pearlie Martin, Biblical Principles for Daily Living. We're going to jump right in, and uh, I believe we're on episode 12, episode 12, um, we're coming from my books to understanding your own issues and other issues. We're on page 44 and we're going to just jump right in. Uh, it's really chapter 11 in my book. Okay. We're talking about understanding our own issues and motives. We, we've been dealing with, um, with our own selves. I like to say that this podcast, this series is for mature audience only because We must be willing to see ourselves before we can clearly see anyone else. We have to take the blank out of our own eye before we take the splinter out of our brother's eye. So here we go. This chapter here is we're dealing with, we're talking about being able to see ourselves and not just being able to see ourselves, but to test our heart motives. How about that? It says we must be willing to look at the real motives in our own individual lives before we will be able to understand the issues which flow out of our heart and into our everyday individual lives. Proverbs 4.23 NIV tells us that when he says we must guard our heart for everything we do flow from it. We can never be free from the issues in our own individual lives until we are willing to admit the real motives and intentions of our heart. How about that? We are told to confess our own faults one to another so that we may be healed and not the faults of others. We must be able to admit when we're wrong and our true motives and intentions for the things we do. Therefore, before we will ever uh, be able to confess our fleshly issues, which we are allowing to manifest bad behaviors in our lives, Um, everything in our life is being motivated by a why. Everything in our lives uh, that's in our life is is coming from a seed that was sown inside. Um, what's your motive for the things that you do? And what's your motive for the things that we say? Now, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. We, we, we know what our motives are. We know if we're trying to be manipulative, trying to get what we want. Um, we know our heart motives. We know our heart intentions. You know if... If your motive for what you're doing is good or if your motive for what you're doing is evil. So let's keep a check on that so we can repent of that. Because, you know, the Bible tells us God said, man, look on the outside. But God says, I look on the inside. You remember the story where Jesus rebuked the uh, Pharisees and he said, how can you be an evil? Speak good things. Well, what was Jesus doing? He was discerning. He was discerning uh, what was inside their heart. What was he talking about? He was talking about the motive. He was talking about their motive of their heart. He knew the word of God is, is it, it knows the motives. It can discern the thoughts. It knows the intents of the heart. 
Right? Isn't that what it says? That the word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's the discerner of the thoughts. It knows the intents of the heart. Those are the gifts of the spirit. How can you be an evil speak good things, Jesus said. Even though, so it's obvious to us that they were saying some good things. Right? For Jesus to say it. Because he said, how can you be an evil speak good things? Where is that? That's in Roman. Um, let me see. Let me see here. I want to find that scripture for us in Matthew's with Jesus. I just love Jesus. He is my he's my mentor. He said, How can you being evil speak good things? Wow, someone you know, we were standing around Jesus. We've been like, oh Jesus, that's kind of cruel. I mean, he was just trying to be nice, but Jesus was discerning it. He was discerning the intent. He knew the intent of their heart. He knew why they was doing what they was doing and why they was saying what they was saying. It's Matthew 12 and 34. I'm going to read it here. Uh, NLT, he said, You broad of snakes, how could even how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. And you know what? And that's what I always say. If you want to know what's in your heart, listen to what's coming out of your mouth. You can be saying a good thing and it still be an evil thing because of the motive and the intent in what you're saying, the thing to get what you want. <laughs> Isn't that what the devil is? He's so crafty. He's conning. He's manipulative. He tries to make us believe that good is evil and evil is good. Isn't that what he did? Uh, he tells us in the Bible, he says that good men bring good things out of his good storage of treasure. And an evil man bring evil things out of his evil store of treasure. Or a good man bring good good things out of the good treasures of his heart. He's talking about the heart. Um, the mouth speaks what, what's in the heart. So if we want to know what's in us, in our heart. Listen to what's coming out of our mouth, right? He said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. You will be known. We're known by what we do, right? You can tell an apple tree because the apples that's on the tree, right? And we will know each other by the fruit that we bear. Patience, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering. I know some mean Christians, some people that say they're Christians, but what's going on there is that's their fruit. That's the fruit that's hanging off their tree. The fruit. Jesus said, why is this? Because when we become born again, the seed of God, he, he takes out the stony heart and gives us a heart of flesh, which is his heart filled with his good desires, right? So when our heart desire become God's desire, that's when our motive will become good motives. We don't have to operate like the world um, when we get the heart of God. We don't have to try to manipulate people to get what we want. Right? Because God is not a manipulator. That's a form of witchcraft. So um, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Um, let's look on the inside. And let's see what's on the inside and say, Lord... Creating me a clean heart for real and renewing me a right spirit for real. Because we have to confess it before we possess it. Uh, and we're not victims. We're victorious in Christ Jesus. We are not the victims. We are victorious. We are victorious. 
Um, the way we can test our heart motive is by simply asking ourselves, why are we really doing and saying the things we do? And this is why I talk about the why lie. What's your why lie? Our why is our motive for doing what we do. Our why is our motive for saying what we say. And, you know, the uh, the more, con- and, you know, when you really need to be conscious of the Lord's presence, because he sees all, he knows all, he hears all. And at the end of the day, beginning of the day, that's the only somebody we really have to please, right? That's the only somebody because if, when, when our motive for what we do, he said, whatever we do in word or deed, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. And when we do our service or our work or job or whatever, don't do it as unto men who's looking at you, but do it as unto God who sees you. It's so much easier to be a God pleaser than a man pleaser. Because when we're a God pleaser, the only somebody we have to please is one person. (laughs) The truth of the matter is, you're never going to be able to please people. People aren't pleased with themselves. How are you going to please someone else? It's not about being a man pleaser. A man pleaser, it causes a snare. The fear of men causes a snare. It holds us back. When we're afraid of what people are going to think, what people are going to say, it keeps us, it holds us back. It's a devil's trap. But God must deliver us from the people so he can deliver us before he can deliver us to the people. Because he does not want us to compromise in any area of our lives. He wants us to be able to stand flat foot and say exactly what he's saying. Because we're the ambassadors, the ministers of reconciliation. We speak on behalf of the spirit of the Lord. He expresses himself in the earth through us by by way of love. He said, this is the way you'll know my disciples is by the love they have for one another. But what I'm saying is, let's be slow to speak and quick to hear so we can judge our motives and know the intents of our heart. Let's be sensitive to the things of God, to the way of God, to the will of God, to the word of God. You know, one time I was uh, um, asking the Lord, why do people tell lies? He said, because they're afraid to tell the truth. (laughs) They're afraid of the consequences of the truth. But see, that's the devil instigating the whole entire thing. Because what he says is, if you tell the truth, this is what they're going to think of you. This is what they're going to think. This is what's going to happen if you tell the truth. Not realizing and knowing that it's God's truth that sets us free from that lie that's holding us hostage. What's our heart motive? Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we saying what we're saying? What's your heart motive? Ask the Lord to show you. Are we operating in false humility? Or are we operating in God's humility? Are we doing what we're doing so we can be seen by men? Or are we doing what we're doing so we can be seen by him? You guys, if you get a chance, listen to my morning prayer of surrender. Um, The reason I say this is for a mature audience only is because a lot of times we don't like to look at ourselves. We want to blame others for how we are and for who we are. But Proverbs 4 and 23 NLT tells us above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. NLT says everything you do flows from it. Um, Matthew 15, 19. So how do we guard our heart? 
by being mindful of the things we allow through the doors of our mouth gate, our eyes, our ears, and by keeping our feet out of evil places where we should not be. Because Proverbs 4, 24, 25, 26 tells, explains this. He says to us, when he tells us to keep your mouth free uh, from a perversity, from perverse speech, keep corrupt talk, talk from your lips. Let's stop gossiping. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the path for your feet. Be careful where you're going. Be careful of the company that you keep because bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company runs good morals. You say, well, how is this? Because the Bible says, hang with evil, become evil. Hang with wise, become wise. We need to be careful where we put the path we set our feet on the people we're hanging around, the places that we're going. Because in order to walk in, a, to hang, to fellowship with something or someone, you have to come in agreement with them. So when Proverbs says, hang with evil and become evil, what he's saying is, the only way you can hang around somebody that's evil is if you're walking in agreement with that evil spirit that's on them. So you see the power of agreement. Amos 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together except they both agree? So be careful, because to fellowship with something means to come into agreement with it. So be careful where you let your feet go. Be careful what you allow your eyes to watch. The eyes is the windows to the soul. They are receivers, just like our ears. Be careful what we listen to. This is how we guard our heart, because we have to guard the entryways that leads to our heart. Things that our mind... We have to cast down those evil thoughts because the devil wants to blow, put those seeds in there. We have to guard our heart because really the truth of we're acting negative because we're thinking negative. <laughs> we're talking negative because we're thinking negative thoughts. And, you know, but the good news is today is a new day. And so the stuff that we learn today, we can do today. That means we can ask God for his wisdom and say, Lord, show me how to do what you asked me to do. Be careful where you put your feet. Be careful who you fellowship with. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let's not gossip. Because in the multitude of words, it's going to lead to sin. Because after you finish talking about what you need to talk about, then you're going to start talking about things you don't need to talk about. It's the work of our flesh is how the enemy can manifest. It's how he manifests and gain interest into our lives. Because it's through the flesh in which sin is manifested, right? So Galatians 5, 19, that's where it talks about the, and 20, that's where it talks about the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. So the works of the flesh, that's how the devil manifests himself. And the, and the fruits of the spirit is how the Holy Spirit manifests himself through us. Whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. the word of God. Let's put it down on inside of us. Jesus is our uh, he came to make disciples not church members. Oops, did I say that? But he came to make disciples. That's why he said the fivefold ministries in the church. And disciples are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They do what he say do. And he say, Lord, Show me how to do what you said. Because, you know, we can know the Bible verses and not know how to do what he says. 
but we're acting on what we believe to be true. Right? We're acting on what, because we act on what we believe. And that's the truth. We act on what we believe. So if we want to know what we believe in, we can look at how we're living. There's no condemnation. It just means that we got to learn some more stuff. Remember Jesus told us in Joel, he said, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. So what we don't know is hurting us. So those things that we're hurting, you know, it's kind of like the military. When you're fighting the military, they they try to strengthen all their fronts because the enemy is going to go for the weakest link, the weakest side. And that's the same way in our lives. The devil's going to try to gain access into our lives through the open doors that are in our lives. So we got to, isn't that why we lock up our houses at night? Um, during the day, like right now, I'm in the house and my front door is locked. I make sure all my windows are locked. What is the purpose of my car is locked? What is that? I'm trying to keep evil out. And that's how we have to do. Because how can a strong man gain access into our lives except through an open door? And when we yield ourselves to the enemy, we give him access into our lives. So what will, what must we do? We must um, submit ourselves unto the mighty hand of the Lord. Surrender our will for God's will. Surrender our way for God's way. This is a season. This we have. This is a time for surrender. This is not a time to resist God. This is a time to submit to God. Because the only way we can get the devil out of our lives is to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way we can get the devil out of our lives is to submit our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, therefore, submit yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then you can resist the devil and then he'll flee from us because God resists the proud. I did a video on that once and I asked the question, is God resisting you? Sometimes God God will resist us. Whenever we're bent on doing things our way, he'll resist us and he won't grace us to do it. So when we're feeling heavy, it could be that that's us doing it because God said my yoke is easy and his burden is light. Come, take upon my yoke and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm not going to, I'm going to give you a way of escape with every temptation in, because I know how much you can bear. He's not going to put a yoke on us that we can't carry. He's he's the one that's going to grace us to do what he has asked us to do. So guard your heart because out of it flows everything you do. Do not turn to the right or to the left but keep your feet from evil and keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is with our flesh that we serve the law of sin, but it's with our born again spirit that we serve the law of God. Romans 7, 25. Read it. Let's read it. And let's be conscious of God's presence so we don't give the devil access into our lives. The enemy gained access into Eve's life through the guy gate. He caused her to look at the fruit And then he convinced her that what was evil was good. And she began to lust after it because she thought it was good for food. 
A man's sin is when he's drawn away by his own evil desires. What's your heart desire? We change our desires. Basically, the devil is just tempting us with what's already inside of us. (laughs) So we change our heart's desire by delighting ourselves in the Lord. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? Because see, first he says, you notice he first says to delight yourself. Take pleasure in delight. So when we delight ourselves in the Lord, what's going to happen is our desires are going to change to his desires. Boy, he sure is wise, isn't he? And by being in the presence of the Lord, this Psalms 37 and 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37, 4, that's where that's at. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Not in the door be open to you. Matthew 7, 7. For everyone who acts receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Matthew 7, 8. We want to change our heart desire. We're talking about our heart motives. Understand our own issues and our motives. In other words, understanding why, asking ourselves why we do the things that we do. Because God resists the proud. So our hearts have to be humble before the Lord. So that when we do acts, we're just going to be asking for what he wants. This is why it's so important for us to delight ourselves in the Lord. And as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to change our desires to his desires. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to change our desires into his desires. As we delight ourselves in the Lord, he's going to change our desires to his desires. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Do you really think that the Lord is going to give us fleshly desires? Of course not. Because, see, when you delight yourself, you're fellowshipping with him. You're taking pleasure with him. Have you ever been around a person who's real delightful? I mean, they're just so delightful to be around. So as we delight, in order, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, we're fellowshipping with him. And when we're fellowshipping, in order to fellowship with the Lord, we have to come into agreement with him. That means we have to come into agreement with the Lord. How can two walk together except they both agree? So as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will change the desires of our heart. And our desires will become his desires. And when we so when we ask him for anything, it's going to be what he already wants to give us. He's not going to give us anything outside of his will. This is why we have to delight ourselves first. Because if we ask anything according to his will, this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to God's will, not our own will. Not only does he hear us, but he will answer us, the Bible says, according to his will. God is not giving us our fleshly desires. He will not stop us or block us if we want to do what we want to do. But he has promised to give us the desires of our heart because he's going to change our heart's desires. So spend time delighting yourself in the Lord so you can change your heart desire to God's desire. That way our motives will be God's motives. 
will want what he wants. Because there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. But when we delight ourselves in the Lord, our desires become his desires. Spend time in worship, prayer, praise, and studying the word of God. Because God and his word is one. And remember, when we don't have time for the word, we're saying we don't have time for God. There's no condemnation because, see, today is a new day. And God's grace and mercy is fresh and new again today. And so what that means is we get to do what we know today. Let's just start from today. There's no condemnation. Don't worry about what you didn't do yesterday and take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. But right now, this is where we're at and this is what we have. And right now, faith is right now. So we have faith to do what he says. So let's change our heart desires. Make sure our motive is God's motive. Let's worship him and praise him and honor him and delight ourselves in him each and every day single day because God gave his life so we could live his life not our own life and when we lose our fire and our desire for the things of God it's because we are desiring the things of the world you know the Bible tells us to love not the world nor the things of the world right because if we love the world 1 John 2 and 15 through 17 New King King James Version says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. But it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So he said, love not the world, nor the things of the world. What is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three gateways. These are the three main doors. These are the three temptations of Christ. These are the three temptations. When the Bible talks about that there's no temptation which is common unto men, these that, uh, but Christ is, you know, he already overcame them, yet without sin he was tempted. But he overcame the temptation yet without sin because he did not give in to the temptation. But these are the temptations of Christ, and these are our three temptations, and these are the three temptations that the devil used to tempt Eve in the garden. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three temptations he used to tempt Jesus in the wilderness when he at the finished fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. The lust of the flesh, he was hungry. He wanted food. The lust of the eyes, he took him up and he said, Look, if you worship me, I'll give you all of this. And the pride of life. If you be the son of God, then cast yourself among the stones and the angels will bear you up. You know, the pride of life always want us to have to boast and brag and to prove something. But we don't have to prove anything to anyone. The only thing that we have to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that he has for us will be added unto us. So I like to tell people that the provisions are in the will of God. So we can get in the will of God and we can have the provisions of God. So let's change our heart desires so we can, uh, our fire for God can be rekindled. Let's return back unto our first love. And that's why when we lose our hunger for God, it's because we're full of the world. When we lose our hunger for the W-O-D, it's because we're full of the W-O-R-L-D. 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Because he says, when we love the world, we don't have the love of the Father. We can't have both. We can't have... To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God because it's an opposition. What do you mean by that? To be a friend of the world, to be to have the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life, to live that type of lifestyle. It causes us to live a lifestyle contrary to God. It's an enmity. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. These are the three doors in which the enemy is going to try to tempt us through. It's not a sin to be tempted but it's a sin to give into the temptation. But the good news is, is today the Lord is going to ignite in us. He's going to fill us. He's going to give us a hunger and a desire for the word of God. A fresh anointing. You remember when you first got saved by fire or you was on fire for God? That was never supposed to fade away. People were like, oh, that's going to die out. They ain't gonna... No, no, no. Each and every day. We get to rekindle our love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's love on God like God loves on us by delighting ourselves in him. So our desires, our heart desires can become God's heart's desires. Let's get the love of the W-O-R-L-D out of us. So the love of the W-O-R-D can be in us. The reason we don't have time for the word is because we're spending too much time in the world. And when we say, well, you know, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to study. We're saying, God, I don't have time for you. Lord, forgive us. We repent. For we did not know. A God in his word is one. And I want to leave you with this. That when we don't have time for God's word, we don't have time for him. But I challenge you today. My challenge for us here today is that we delight ourselves in the Lord. So he can change the desires of our heart. So when we set, come before him, our desire will be his desire. How about that? I'm going to end it here.